I think we'll start then. Mm. Just get up my page of yeah, scribbled yeah. questions. They're not even four sentences, don't look. <laughs> Would you like to introduce... Actually, no, it's my turn, sorry. Yeah. Hi guys, welcome to Podjucate, the podcast platform that supports early and budding careers in advertising and the media. I'm Anthea again, and I'm here today with... Will DeGroote. Woo! Hey! Hello. You've got to say your title too, your yeah. official title. So I'm co-founder and head of insight at The Elephant Room. Amazing. I think at this point, mm. it seems like my bias for Elephant Room is starting to show. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> She's loyal. Exactly. Second <laughs> Elephant Room episode, two in a row. So, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, so as you said, you're head of insight. Mm. So I recently had an event that actually Shani came down to. Yeah. And um, I did this thing with the young people that asked them what roles in advertising they're sort of um, familiar with. And out of, well, this is like, out of, let's say, I think I got 15 responses back. Out of 15 responses, how many of them do you guess knew about um, your role? I'm going to say zero. Oh, that's a low guess. That's a low, that's a low guess. guess. All in all, um, three really? out of 15. Yeah. All the others had more response do you know what I mean you had mm. out of all the out of all I think it was about 10 roles the fewest responses for your role that's so interesting but I'm included in those young people right. I mean I didn't do the I didn't do the um, whole questionnaire thing but still I know just as much as them do you know what I mean yeah yeah and that's why I'm really excited to speak to you today because I think insights strategy that sort of area is very sort of hidden mm. and it's also something that's very specific so I want to get into sort of um your journey and stuff um mm. but yeah i'll let you start with your journey before we start breaking down everything yeah that's that's super interesting though i think that says a lot just in terms i mean the reason i went so low is because i didn't know that this was a role yeah. when i started out okay that's comforting yeah like exactly. this is definitely something that over the course of my career i've come to understand is a thing mm. and that i can get paid to do mm. um and it aligns so naturally with so many of my interests but again i had no idea that the role existed um so i guess in terms of my journey like where do you want me to start so yeah. usually like i go on people's linkedin yeah do you know i'm giving away my secrets here i go on their <laughs> linkedin i look at their timeline i start from their uni their first job sort of how the so if you kind of want to do yeah. that sort of the point when you discovered um yeah insights whatnot, For sure. and then you decided yeah this is what I want to do yeah definitely so I, I went to uni Sussex uni um, okay. down in Brighton um, and I studied English there like I would in, always enjoyed sort of reading writing it just kind of naturally aligned with um, what I thought I wanted to do and like my interests anyway I thought I was going to become a lawyer or a journalist okay mainly because of parental pressures okay you know, that yeah, kind of vibe. Fair <laughs> um, and I never really like I grew up in York in the north of okay. England right and in terms of like the creative scene at that time, there wasn't anything going on. Like the idea that you could work at the BBC or work at Channel 4 was yeah. just like such a sort of far away mm. idea. Like there wasn't proximity to to kind of brands and industry and creative and all. So it was never really something that I thought was like for me or even available to me. Mm. Um, when I was at university, I got involved just by chance. I think it was an email that kind of landed in my inbox and it was an opportunity to be a part of 
um, a youth insight panel uh, for BBC Three. Um, okay. And that was through an agency called Liberty, um, which oh, yes. people might be familiar yes. with. Yes, Big Up Liberty. Big Up Liberty. I'm doing the free promo here. We love you, Liberty. Hey. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I was on this panel for a year for BBC Three. And, and that really was about, at the time, BBC Three wanted to know what young people across the UK thought about topical issues. Okay. So every every month you'd get given a brief on like something like the environment and you just had to create a piece of content like that reflected your opinion on that mm-hmm. um and then that included things like visits to television center and suddenly i just started getting exposed to like that whole okay. world and and at the time it was like super exciting because i'd never stepped into anything like that um so that was kind of the initial sort of door in um, and i was on that for a year but obviously i was at uni at the same time and um, when i finished university i was lucky enough to get a job in japan so um i'm half japanese spent a bit of time growing up there but i'd always wanted to go back and work okay, kind of nice. partly to just sort of like get my language back up to, to scratch yeah. and just obviously got family out there wanted to kind of get back in touch with the culture all of that kind of stuff mm. so I ended up working in Japanese um, secondary and primary schools as an English teacher. Okay. Um, and I was there for like two years. Um, and that was really interesting, like just to kind of immerse myself in that environment and see how like a different education system works. And having grown up the majority of my life here, I always imagine what my life would have been like had yeah, I grown up in yeah, Japan. Yeah, I'd do the same thing. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like I think <laughs> if you're like of two or more cultures, you're constantly thinking mm. about that, right? Um, and it was just something that I really wanted to do um, and I spent time there and, and I loved it. I had a really, really good time, but I knew that I wanted to do something more creative. Um, but I really enjoyed that interaction with like a classroom or like a group of mm. people and that idea that you could kind of like steer and guide and like provoke thinking. And it was just, it was an environment that I felt very comfortable in, in terms mm. of that interaction. Um, so I moved back to, to the UK, I moved down to London. So my parents are up in up in Yorkshire. Um, and I spent six months there after I moved back from Japan, just like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I'm living with my parents again. Like, mm. you know, it's not what I thought my life would be, kind of all, <laughs> all of that. Like, um, I remember sitting there thinking like a month ago, I had a flat, a salary, a car, friends. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, my life in Japan was so different. And suddenly I felt like I was back to square one. Um, so I was having a thing. I knew that I wanted to do something more creative. I knew that I wanted to... I felt like I needed to move to London because that's where the opportunities were. I think to some extent that's Mm. still true. I Mm -hmm. think a lot of people move here because especially with the creative industries, you feel like this is where things are happening. I I think that's true to an extent. I think it's changed slightly over the past couple of years. It's starting to become a bit more regional. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't know because I've always lived in London. Yeah. So everyone... In, a lot of people in the industry are from outside of London mm-hmm. or, you know, that sort of thing. They're like, London's where it's at. Mm. But I wonder what it'd look like if I were, were from somewhere else, sort mm. of looking in, in. Also, because I think now people are looking to other places. They're saying that um, Amsterdam's really good for the creative scene. I think that's like the next place on nowadays, yeah. isn't it? Or like people are looking to, um, like you're saying, their ethnic backgrounds. I mean, like what's happening over there. I know I, I think that same thing. So yeah. Um, yeah, but I'll let you carry on with yeah. the old story. About yeah, the journey. no, I think it's super interesting, right? Like thinking about where you think you should be in order mm. to find success and opportunity. Um, and for me, that that was London. Like I literally moved, not this isn't like a sob story, but like I literally <laughs> like moved down with like a rucksack. My uncle's got a place here. So I was like living in his attic. Um, like I just, yeah, it was it was mad times doing like, yeah. unpaid internships, but you do what you have to do. Right? Absolutely like, um, I was on like job seekers at the time and it was just, you know, like it was very much just trying to get a foot in the door and 
try and figure out what was available and that involved a lot of just like going through people that I'd met um, or had contact with um, mm. through the BBC Three project and yeah. getting back in touch with them, mm. emails, LinkedIn, all of that. Um, and at the time, Liberty ran a, a magazine called uh, Live, Live Mag, yeah, um, yeah. which I'm sure lots of people will be familiar with. So I signed on to be a, a contributor to that. Um, and then around the same time, uh, they had an internship going for, I think it was like a three week a three-week placement to help out at the time they were working on season two of Top Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were shooting a little promo for that and they just needed someone to kind of help. So um, I got involved in that. And that was more kind of like, it was like in account management. So okay, the day-to-day yeah. running of, of projects, which I had no idea. Like, you know what I mean? I was mm. stepping into this. I remember my interview, the woman was like, so we're going to be expecting you to work to an account executive level. And I just heard the word executive and I was like, nah, like, yeah, you've, yeah. Got, you've got the wrong guy. <laughs> the wrong like, person, yeah. Not realising that was the most junior. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, the whole thing about like titles, you know what oh, I mean? Isn't that so true? It's like I had no degree of education in, in that at all. But three weeks turned into three months, turned into three years at Liberty. Mm-hmm. And it all just kind of rolled out. And that was very much my kind of foot into the creative industries. Um, and it was at that time, like I just sort of, I naturally fell into a bit of a role whereby the bit that I loved about my job was uh, talking to young people, doing insight sessions, working with brands and bringing them directly together with their audience um, to either workshop things, kind of create brands together. Like a lot of what they did at the time was around co-creating brands and campaigns um and that was the bit that I really really loved and I kind of I guess I went a bit extra with that in the sense that I was just very proactive Mm. so I was like you know what we're getting all this amazing insight from young people but we're not keeping it anywhere and nobody in the agency was really kind of the guardian of that Mm. so I remember I just created this huge spreadsheet where I just like slung in all of this insight and I shared it with the rest of the team and it went down really well because I think they just saw that as like a proactive thing that yeah. hadn't, I saw an opportunity and I kind of just did something off the back of it. And then that just sort of rolled out into actually, why don't we build this out into a role? Mm. And so they then created their first sort of insight and strategy team. Um, so then I kind of moved over from account management into, um, nice. uh, yeah, into insight. Um, and they sort of carved it out for me. So um, I think it was kind Did of Did they just, make you their boss? something like that but it was it was amazing because it just kind of meant that I remember one of the creative directors there who was freelancing and this amazing woman called Mo Saha um I was talking to her one time and she was just like oh, have you ever thought about becoming a planner and I was like what's a planner mm. like, again never heard yeah, of yeah and she kind of broke down what that role was and I was like oh like that sounds mm. exactly like what I want to do um and so that's kind of how it all rolled out but then I think within that like I then kind of was working as a strategist at Liberty but I knew that I really wanted to like with insight there's like this element of research and that's the bit that I really loved because it's like actually getting out there and talking to people designing like how are you going to do that thinking about Mm. the best way to get that insight out of people um, and getting an understanding of their lives and it got to three years at Liberty and I thought you know what I really want to refine that skill set um, so I left and I moved over to a brand consultancy slash kind of global research agency called Flamingo. And Flamingo um, at the time had like 11 offices around the world. Like I moved from, you know, Liberty, which I think at the time was probably about 70 people to an agency of, I think there was like 180. So it was a real mm. kind of step up, um, completely different kind of environment, um, 
different clients they were working with. I ended up working with people like um, Adidas, Diageo, uh, Lego, like huge kind of global brands. Were Flamingo part of, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. part of um, the Great British Diversity Experiment? Yes. So they right. were the that's research part. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I kind of first, um, I first sort of had conversations with them because mm. I was really interested in what they were doing. Okay. Because they would attend some of our sessions for the Great British Diversity Experiment and there were just these two guys sat in the corner taking notes and I was like, who are these guys? Like, <laughs> yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. Um, again, not realising that that was a job to just sort of sit and observe people. Mm. Um, so I, yeah, I started having conversations with them and I felt ready to move on and I wanted to push myself in terms of working on bigger brands and working on global brands and with Flamingo there was the opportunity to do lots of international travel, um, which was insane. So I ended mm. up going back to Tokyo, I was in, so I was in Tokyo for Lego, we were doing research around um, like eight year olds relationship with play and creativity. Oh wow, yeah. excuses. I know, right? To fly. Right? <laughs> and not just fly, fly business. Ooh. Like it was, yeah. Oh my gosh, Right. can I work for Flamingo? Right. Hi Flamingo, so... I'm looking for a job, honestly. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. I need to finally see what business class looks Hi, like. Guys. I'm Listen, <laughs> if somebody had told me when I was at school, a brand will pay you to fly business and go and talk to eight-year-olds about their relationship with play. Maybe like, not the eight-year-olds part. Right, yeah, 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 right. Go into their rooms. No, like it was, it was that's, that's literally what I did. Um, but, but do you know what I mean? It's just yeah, like, yeah. it's insane. It like, is these definitely are, not what you'd imagine. Oh my God, like mm. these are insane roles that exist, that are there. And mm. um and so, yeah, I ended up doing loads of really interesting work for them. I was in um, in North America for Adidas. We were talking to like 16 year old basketball players from Harlem about their relationship with deodorant. Mm. Great. <laughs> uh, I was in Ethiopia for Guinness, talking to millennials in Addis about um, how they like to socialize, you know, just like the most insane opportunities. But also that's when I really realized like from a, a research point of view, like, what a privileged position it is to be in that role because people are literally inviting you into their lives and sharing that with you and you're, you're stepping into their world and like that's something I never wanted to lose sight of you know despite all the like flying business and it, but it's like really at the core of this like you have the opportunity to yeah to experience somebody else's mm. life for a day mm. or a week or however long the project is and that for me was just like endlessly fascinating but I always kind of thought like you're really lucky to be doing this um so I was there and I was, I was at Flamingo for about a year. And and I think the, the thing that was really interesting for me when I was working there was that like, I think it, it really hit me how, I was like, if I don't, if I wasn't aware that these kind of roles existed, yeah. then, oh my God, like how many mm -hmm. other people mm. don't? And I also think there's another thing about research and insight work that I feel like the, the conversations that I have with my friends in my social life who mm. are of lots of different kind of cultural backgrounds, around issues relating to identity and mm. culture are so rich mm. right and they're so dynamic and you'll know this it's just like it's endlessly fascinating mm. right mm. but I wasn't having those same kinds of conversations at work and okay. I was like something's not quite right here like mm. how can it be so different you mm. know when I know that the way that my friends interpret culture um, is really different mm. not to say that one is right and one is wrong but it's just different but I didn't see I didn't see how that difference was being brought into certain environments. Um, and I just kind of felt like, I, I, I don't know, I kind of felt like I wanted that, you know, there was no reason why those two things couldn't come together. 
um, I guess that kind of dynamism um, mm. in terms of how we look at other people's cultures and understand it. And, um, you know, people talk about diversity in the advertising industry. Like, I think there's a huge problem with it in the research industry. Mm. Um, and that's something that I'm really kind of passionate about is like adv advocating or thinking about like, what does a sort of modern researcher look sound like in 2018? Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. something that I really want to flip because if we did that, I think a lot more people would realise that it's actually something that they're able to do and is, Absolutely, yeah. is for them. Mm. And I think naturally by like the, the nature of who we are, we're constantly researching, right? We're always mm. taking photos, we're always taking videos, like we're kind of like subconsciously doing it all the time. And I think that's something that is really important for people to kind of think about as well. Um, the, the frustration I had actually um, working in a research agency is that it wasn't it wasn't particularly creative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the way that Insight works is that usually what will happen is that you get a research agency that does the research for a brand, and then you go present that at a debrief, and it's the research agency, the client, and then you have the advertising agency or the mm. creative agency. And what you tend to do is just hand over the research to the ad yeah. agency, and then they go off and do mm. whatever they do with it. Mm. But you never see that again. Yeah. And that was a bit, I always wanted to be like, no, yeah, like, yeah. I want to carry on and like, yeah, exactly. I want to see how this comes to Absolutely, life. Absolutely, yeah. Especially when you're invested in what you sort of like come up with, you want to know how they make it into something. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think the role of a researcher is like twofold. Like on the first hand, like I kind of see the role as like providing the best springboard for creative based on what you mm. understand about the audience and their lives. But secondly, I think there's a real kind of like, I don't know if duty is like too heavy a word, but I really feel like a sense of like responsibility to represent the audience yeah. in the best way that I can. Mm -hmm. So much of the work that we see come out of like ad agencies, like, I mean, we could talk about it for days, but oh, the amount of stuff that just mm. is so off the mark. Yeah. And it's because they haven't done their research or they haven't taken the time to talk to audiences. The correct people. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just don't think that's good enough. So for me, it's like, Right, how do we bridge the gap between research, insight and creative? And then that is what I'm doing at the elephant room. Amazing. <laughs> you know what? Usually I usually have to prompt people, but you're so good at this. Ah! <laughs> you're so good at this. You're just naturally sailing through it. Okay. So you said that now we're at the elephant room. Mm. So I think I know briefly sort of how you came to um, get into the, the mix. Yeah. I don't know. Just that's something that you want to clarify a little bit. Yeah, about yeah. How you came, but like how you how you saw the elephant room and how you thought, yeah, my sort of um, expertise is needed in this kind of um, yeah in this environment. You know, I'll be honest, way. like because when I was getting to the end of my um, my time at Flamingo, um, like I learned loads there, but I kind of was really questioning whether I wanted to stay in this industry. Okay. And I was quite ready to sort of leave. Like I, I start. I was looking at um, becoming a social worker. Okay. Yeah. Um, so like complete sort of 180. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean? I was quite disillusioned. Um, and around that time, I'd worked with Shani before at Liberty, mm. actually, is where we first met. And um, she, yeah, she just sort of, we sort of bumped into each other because our office is around the corner and we'd bumped into each other one lunchtime. Um, and she kind of told me a little bit about what she was planning on doing in terms of setting up the elephant room with Dan. Mm. Um, and then I had a few meetings with Dan and we sort of spoke about exactly this, the kind of role of insight and research mm. in relation to creativity. Um, and then, yeah, I just sort of, I thought, you know what, this is probably, this is the one opportunity I have to really build something from the ground up and do it in a way that I think is right and do it in the way that I think the industry needs. Um, and yeah, like it's been it's been eighteen months. 
Amazing. Yeah. So, <clears throat> sorry. Um, when I actually first asked you what you did mm. when I came to Ambush you in the office, and I'm mm. joking, when I popped in, um, <laughs> you explained to me that you were, you explained as um, mm. you did cultural insights. Mm. That was sort of the specific line that you gave mm. me. And then we had a little conversation about the difference between a planner, mm-hmm. a strategist, and then mm. somebody that sort of, well, yourself that does, I guess, the extra edge that is cultural insights. Yeah. So I don't know how I'm wanting to explain this, mm. but should we do a bit of a Venn diagram? Yeah, a bit let's of an do audio it. Venn diagram. Okay, so I actually looked at, I went online to a site that I really like, yes. um, Lecture in Progress, and they have a really good explanation, sort of like breakdown of um, what mm. it means to be a planner. Mm-hmm. No, no, what it means to be a strategist, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure if I actually have it up for me just quickly, see if I can get it. Yeah. No, I think it's really important to draw that distinction mm. um, because there is a very real difference, right? There is, yeah, um, yeah, exactly, which you can explain. Mm. But if you can sort, I guess there's little parts in it that I want to pick apart mm. and I want to see which part falls under planner, which part falls under strategist and which part sort of crosses over. Yeah. So if I say, um, so somebody that is um, intuitive and tactical, as would that be more of a planner or a strategist or is a researcher different from yeah. both of them? Yeah, so I think like intuition mm. is something that I think is crucial for both a strategist slash planner. Mm. I think strategists and planners you can kind of put in the same bucket, but I mm. think researchers, like research as a skill set, research as a role in itself is something that kind of sits very differently. Mm. Um, I can't speak for all planners and strategists, so if anybody listening is doing that role and wants to correct me, do. <laughs> but my impression and understanding and my sort of brief experience of working as a strategist is that you never really have the time to conduct proper primary qualitative research, by which I mean design kind of like discussion guides Mm. which is kind of like a written flow of how you're going to essentially interview people Mm. planners and strategists don't tend to deliver things like focus groups Mm. you're not you know things we do things here like set um set people like video diary tasks and then go Mm. through all of their you know all of that kind of stuff that's a lot more rich yeah is very much rooted in like the research role Mm. um i think with stratas and stratas strategists and planners um it is more tactical, you know, mm. you're thinking about, it could be anything from like campaign architecture, comms plans, like all of those kinds of things, um, teeing up the creative with like strategic positionings. Mm. They're all things that I think probably sit more with strategists and planners than they do researchers. Research is more the kind of, it is that real understanding of people um, and de- designing the methods by which you're gonna understand those people. Mm. So if you're someone who's curious, if you're someone who's like innately interested in culture, in trends in like the future direction of like where people are going in terms of their attitudes behaviors motivations why people do the things that they do um that's very much kind of in the in the bucket of of research i think okay yeah. so I, I, yeah sorry, what were you gonna say? i was just gonna say as well like um the 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 title researcher mm. never sat well with me Okay, yeah. Because I always was like, but I'm so much more than just a researcher. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, it doesn't really speak to like who I think I am. Mm. And so when I first joined the Elephant Room, my job title was cultural strategist. Yeah. Because I think there is a difference. Like, it, it's, it's one thing to do the research. It's another thing to then translate that into something for mm. a brand. And I think that, to me, like, the idea of cultural strategy, mm. I think it's something that I think is quite new. And I'm, I'm sort of waiting to see like where it lands. And, and I've noticed more and more people are starting to refer, themse- refer to themselves as cultural strategists. 
But I think that kind oh, of... Oh, are they? I haven't, I haven't heard of them. Yeah, <laughs> have a little look on LinkedIn. Like, <laughs> yeah. You'll see like a few people kind of starting to refer to themselves as cultural strategists. Usually they're from a, a research background. Okay, yeah. Um, but the idea of cultural strategy, I think, is like... Because we all talk about like creative strategy, comm strategy. Um, Do we? Well, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. I think we're just talking about these things. But in the industry, yeah. people throw this around, right? And it always, I always thought it was like really interesting that nobody ever spoke about cultural strategy. Mm. Like, surely every brand, right? Every brand, every agency needs a cultural strategy, by which I mean, like, what is your what's the role that you're playing mm. in culture mm. you know how are you meaningfully playing a role in like people's lives like what is what's the thing that underpins who you are from the point of view of culture what's your point of view on mm. culture and actually i feel like a lot of the time i don't think people really can answer those questions mm. because they haven't really been asked yeah you know? absolutely yeah and what we then get is people co-opting other people's cultures mm. and trying to kind of like retell those really badly um because they don't have a sense of themselves so i almost think everybody should be asking themselves like yeah what is our cultural strategy and then i kind of just think like as a cultural strategist your your job is to immerse yourself in the world of different audiences mm. and be the guardian of that mm. um and then feed that into kind of brands or, or whoever it is you're working for Fair. So let's chuck out the Venn diagram then. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm not good. That's another difference. Like, planners and strategists, they're great with diagrams. I am not. Yeah, I am not a okay. diagram man. Fair enough. Um, what falls under the umbrella of culture? Mm. So culture is such a big word. I haven't looked up the definition, but kind of for a reason. But I think, hey, what do you think of when you think culture? Because I think what I think of when I think culture... Yeah. And there's a term that's thrown around for the culture. Oh, yeah. You know, the culture, we've got to protect culture. It's such a heavily used word, especially I think in this year, mm. the past few years. But what falls under the umbrella of culture when looking at brands? I think I have an idea. Mm. There's different ways to associate it to different things, but mm. how do we make it simple? I think that's such an interesting question. Like what falls under Oh, sorry. Yeah, get close to the mic. Um, I think no. I think that's such that's such a, an important question, right? Like, what is it we're actually talking about? Um, I kind of see it as like, I think of it if I'm thinking in terms of this industry and how I see that it works. Like, I think two things. One, it's about narratives. So, okay. what's the narrative that you, as Ooh, a brand, saucy word, saucy, <laughs> saucy. Uh, yeah? What's the what's the narrative that you, as a brand, are either trying to create, um, yeah. promote, mm-hmm. or become a part of? Mm. I think quite often what we see is brands trying to force their way mm. into pre-existing narratives, yeah. which is where it all falls down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think that's one part of it. Um, like, what is culture? I think culture is a is a narrative. Um, I think the second part of it for me just it comes down to for me culture is people Mm. and culture is pockets of people and Mm. culture is um, what unites uh, a certain group of people under one umbrella or what are the things that connect different groups of people or you know all of that kind of thing I think is like they're the sort of things that rumble under 
that banner of, of mm. culture. Is um, it fair to chuck tradition in there somewhere? Yeah, I think so. I think tradition roots. Yeah, the roots or something. Roots, yeah, yeah. I think is is super heritage. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that's really interesting now, I feel like, especially in the UK, but I feel like a lot of people from sort of different cultural, if you're, you know, your parents are of a different kind of cultural background. I feel like a lot, what a lot of us are doing now is kind of, like that's no longer something to, when I was growing up, like I barely spoke about the fact that I was half Japanese. In fact, like mm. being Japanese was like in the home mm. and outside of it, it was it was quite hard to express that. I mean, I grew yeah. up in North Yorkshire, like mm. it was, you know, it's not the most sort of multicultural of places, but expression of cultural identity mm. was quite a difficult thing for me growing yeah. up. Whereas now I feel like people are a lot more confident and proud to mm. express their roots. And I think a lot of that is down to things like digital and social and like there's a lot more like creative means. People are doing it a lot more through style um, and fashion, you know, like teaming up like traditional garm with streetwear. I just think that's really exciting mm. to kind of see. Um, but I do feel like that's quite a newish thing in terms yeah, of expression. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a hybrid that goes on in London. Right, though. yes, There's definitely a hybrid of cultures. I know amongst my group of friends, mm. I'm Ghanaian by um, heritage, but my friends, so I've got Bengali friends, Albanian friend, a Vietnamese friend, a Nigerian friend, and I swear to everybody that I can speak Vietnamese or I understand Vietnamese. Like, my friend has a dog and I command her dog in Vietnamese. Amazing. So I'm like, I've grown up with her and I'm sure I can speak it, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, but amongst yeah. all of us, yeah. there's such a crossover, do you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think that thing does happen. So that's why I'm interested in culture, do you know? Mm. And this thing of, what is it but yeah i think you're doing a great job of sort of sharing your insights i'll let you carry on yeah. i don't know yeah it's, it's, it's a tricky one isn't it because i think it's like it's so subjective like what culture means to you yeah. is mm. so different to what you know i think as well like we talk about subcultures we talk about dominant cultures and like that sometimes it feels like there's a real tension between different cultures in that way yeah. mm. um and then i don't know i think what tends to happen a lot in this day and age is i kind of said it before but that idea that people try and like co-opt cultures that aren't their own or try and like mm. play off the cultural codes of, of 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 cultures and traditions that don't necessarily belong to them yeah. you know and i think that's it that's a huge issue and you see brands doing that a lot like mm. gbk recently did you see that i've heard about this oh but I've, I've already forgotten it because i wasn't interested yeah i mean yeah, really? like, let's all just erase our yeah. erase that from our minds as they did off twitter like it was <laughs> like it was just it's just mad to me that in 2018 like shit like that mm. is still being signed off and remember like this is getting signed off yeah people are sat around in a room going it, that doesn't surprise me i just want to say this quickly actually because mm. i never really speak on things i'm not someone that takes to social media to like, mm. express my opinions because i have like two followers i don't care <laughs> do you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but if i'm actually gonna speak in it personally i do think that like for example i was thinking about this funny enough on the bus the other day about the H&M um, fiasco mm. with the child wearing the whole, um, wearing the monkey, monkey hoodie, yeah. I call this monkey in the jungle. And I remember people thinking, um, like people saying, do they think that this is a purposeful thing? And a few people have like spoken up during these uh, sort of like brand mishaps and they've said, oh, but they think it might be a thing that they're doing for publicity, you know, like all PR is good PR, whatever mm. they're doing. And I genuinely don't think, I think people will be surprised to, no, or I believe there's no one in that room that genuinely thought that was a problem. I think people think that they're clever enough to know so much about their culture that to think that they're gonna they sort of went against they did it anyways to gain mm. sort of traction, PR, whatever publicity, you know that kind of thing. Mm. And I'm a bit like I genuinely think 
they did not notice it mm. because that's they're not thinking about it in the same way. Like the people in the room do not resemble the people they're giving it to. Yeah. And they do not think about it in the same way you're seeing it. You're th- you think it's so obvious, yeah. but I could almost guarantee you that Other they are shocked do. to even hear it. Do you yeah. know? Like you could sometimes when you speak about your experiences to somebody that's never heard it and you think it's sort of like a known thing because mm. like everyone around you sort of like shows that they know about this. Mm. You'd be surprised people, the people that be like, I've never heard of this before. Yeah. Didn't know this happened. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And you thought, oh, did you not, do you know that kind of thing? So I think, yeah. I think that's a really interesting point and it's a really important one because so often, I think in the way that our, I'm going to use the word again, culture works, <laughs> but the, the way that things work now is that quite often there's a real disconnect. Mm. Like there's a disconnect between groups and people don't quite know how to react and or respond to one another. Like people are sort of like, I don't want to use the word developing, but it's it's almost like everyone's at very different points in terms of their understanding of identity. That's the other thing that I think like is a huge part of this conversation around culture is that for me it comes back to identity and the things that have influenced your own sense of who you are and the spaces that you kind of uh, move around in off the back of that. And... I think you have a generation of young people who are confident enough in who they are from the point of view of like their cultural inheritance um, that they're not going to stand for things that Mm. they feel like kind of are disrespectful to their culture, to their parents' culture, to their grandparents' culture. Like, I think that's the thing that people, you know, like I, I, I get the thing that like people people just won't won't have the awareness that could even possibly be, Mm -hmm. you know, disrespectful. But I, I almost just kind of feel like not good enough not good it's enough. not good enough but if, i do see that i just don't think yeah i think you'd be surprised how little they know yeah no and i i, yeah. I completely appreciate that but i think that's the point like if you know so little you know so little and yet you're still yeah you're still putting out work you're still managing these huge budgets you're still working for these brands like what does that say about like yeah. the state of this industry yeah and i think that's that's also something that I, I mean, think... don't put off the young people too much. It's no, great. No, no, but this, is, but, this is, but this is why we need these young people. Yeah. This is why we need these young people to come up and, like, occupy these roles because it's, like, that to me is far more exciting. That to me is, like, rooted in truth. That's mm. rooted in experience. That's rooted in insight. Like, it mm. all goes back to that. Like, you don't want to work with people, I uh, say you, I, personally, don't want to <laughs> work with people who don't have that nuanced understanding yeah. of, like, how complex people are. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, definitely. And don't have that awareness mm. of, like, you know, uh, the sensitivities that, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Like, it's all in your approach to the work. And, yeah, I just think instances like that are really reflective of, like, you know, as soon as you see a piece of work like that, you know exactly the kind of people that were behind it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. All right, well, that was actually great <laughs> insight, well, <laughs> fab. So just to leave off here. Um, yeah, yeah. A few things actually, mm. so we're not leaving yet. So don't get comfortable. Yet. Okay. Right. So you're a young person, or I'm a young person. Mm. What kind of um, skills might I have mm. that could translate to into becoming a strategist? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Strategist as opposed to a researcher. Yeah, I yeah. think we're we'll strategy, like yeah. a strategist. But I think like so. The... What kind of things am I interested in? Like, what kind of things do young people do that you think? can translate into like mm. as you get older skills i know that's a heavy question mm-hmm. but like do you know these i don't know maybe there's a game there's sort of games out there where people think in a certain way yep. you think that's sort of, or maybe like it's logical like, yeah, yeah exactly what 100%. kind of thing is it that the, the word that you used earlier was tactical okay, and i yeah. think like that is something that like so our our senior strategist at the elephant room hannah one of the most tactical people 
I've met in terms of just how she approaches problems and ideas and it's very much about like deconstructing a problem mm. and then rebuilding it to find that solution and if you're someone who enjoys taking things apart and really analyzing and being very analytical mm. about the world and mm. people um, I think that's a huge kind of skill set um, in itself in terms of like strategy um, people kind of talk about lateral thinking a lot and that mm. ability to kind of think far and wide and across and up and down do you know what yeah. I mean and, and, and that's sort of, not me <laughs> yeah I mean th- th- again that I don't know that that's necessarily me mm. either and, th- and that was something that like um it was only through sort of working as a strategist that I thought actually maybe it's not you know it took me a good few years to figure out like yeah. where my sweet spot is and I think that's something else I'd say as well like I I know that I'm not an account handler, like an account manager, but I'm really glad that that was my entry to the industry because yeah. it gave me a really good foundation and understanding mm. of how it actually works. Um, but like I say, I wasn't going to spend like the rest of my life being an account manager. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely one part of it. Like I think like uh, Hannah, and I think Hannah's background is um, quite sciencey. Okay. So she, I think it was like bio, uh, chemistry, biology kind of background as well. Mm. So again, quite scientific, you know, it's mm. that sort of um, very sort of precise um, sort of lens that you might look mm. at problems and, and that kind of thing as well. But then I don't know, like, there's, I guess there's a spectrum, you know, there's creative strategists. So people mm. who are a little bit more creatively minded and able to kind of um, tee up the creative in a way that mm. might be a little bit more creative as opposed to scientific. So I think like, Regardless, if you're someone who's just curious about problems, likes to deconstruct, um, have quite an analytical, tactical, curious mind, and like able to map out problems, mm. um, they're all things that I think in strategy kind of really, yeah, mm. really serve you well. It sounds like maybe if you're good at like academic subjects like maths and science in school, yeah. or possibly if you have lots of followers on Instagram I think that's even a thing that you, right. you can beat do you know what I mean yeah 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 I mean I'm not the expert so no no I mean <laughs> but, I, so. I, I'm by no means an expert but like I think it's interesting because on that point just in terms of like what makes a good researcher and actually like I think things, yeah yeah loads of different things like um I think there's an assumption maybe that you have to be quite academic mm. but I don't think that's true okay. at all right. like like I don't know, for me, like a photographer is yeah. a researcher, like a yeah, filmmaker yeah, is a researcher. Yeah. Um, or, you know, there's, it's, I kind of like to think of it in a far more kind of creative way. And actually, like, we're all conducting, we're all capturing, like, little bits of our day and of people, other people's lives. Like, everybody's doing that, but we're mm. not necessarily thinking about that as research, like curating culture. It's kind of how I like to think about it as well. Like, if you're interested in people, you're naturally just doing that. So I think that's why, like... I wouldn't, I'd hesitate to kind of say like, you have to be academic in order to conduct mm. research. But um, yeah, I think it's a far more creative thing than it gets, it gets kind of uh, the credit for. Amazing. Yeah. Do you think you would be a good game show, a game show contestant? <laughs> Depends which game show. we sign up to one. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I auditioned for Deal or No Deal back in the day. Yeah, yeah, but that that's just far? a game of chance, isn't it? Yeah, like, that's a game of chance. What about the chase? The that's chase. Like the chance to chase. What's the one with Tenable? I've heard of that one recently. I haven't seen no? that. No, okay, that's daytime TV. Oh, is it? Yeah, no, you know, I'm a bit nah. useless, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I see that kind of stuff. But we'll leave it there. Would I be good on a game show? I love that. Pointless. I've always wanted to go on Pointless. Actually, don't know that one. Uh, how about the shame. one where they're like um show me 
And then they say what it's like family fortune kind of thing. Like, oh, the, that the board. One. Survey says. Yeah, survey, survey says. says. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you'd be really Actually, good at that one. Do you know what? Survey says. Okay, we're going to yeah. get our application in okay, after let's this. Do it. Okay, let's great. Do it. Thank you so much for chatting to me, Will. I feel like I'm so much more knowledgeable than what you do and the rest of it. And Is hopefully right? this helps other people. Yeah, I hope um, so. Any final sign out anywhere? Do you want people to add you up yeah like, well I think th- that's the other thing I would just say is that I've always had people who have been really helpful for me in my career in terms of offering me advice and guidance and mm. mentorship and I'm always always open to helping young people out so if anybody wants to ever have a chat or just find out a little bit more about the industry or what I do um, feel free to get in touch um, I'm on should I give out your email <laughs> yeah, the email address uh, Twitter Maybe yeah. Twitter, Twitter, yeah. What's your, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, at Will DeGroot, which is just Will, D-E-G-R-O-O-T. Amazing. Yeah. Um, LinkedIn, maybe? LinkedIn as well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hit okay. me up. Hit Those me up. two. Once again, thanks. Thank you. Amazing. <laughs>